1: You're listening to the Sands Pants Network.
0: Form of comedy, (laughs)
1: culture, (laughs) adventures,
3: and ghosts.
1: This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to. With Dylan Behan.
0: Yes, hello everyone. Dylan Bain here, your favourite Aussie news comedy podcast host of 2021 uh, after Danny Lick, Sammy Shah and the Chaser Guys. Uh, Just letting you know, I'm on holidays at the moment, undoubtedly editing corporate videos on a beach somewhere. Uh, But just because I'm on holidays doesn't mean I don't have some great news fighters. Content for you here to enjoy. But before you listen to this episode, our 2021 year in review episode uh, dropped uh, just uh, after Christmas. So if you haven't listened to that, make sure you check that out in your podcast feeds. And on YouTube. Now, we're all on holidays and you know who else is probably on holidays right now is Scott Morrison. So I thought in this episode, I'm going to replay all my segments about Scott Morrison traveling the world and being on holidays, including his visit to Washington in 2019, uh, which uh, that episode was hosted by Mark Humphreys, uh, and then him uh, going to the G7 in England and then on to the G20 and Glasgow COP26 in 2021. So, I hope you enjoy this special repeat episode of some of ScoMo on vacation. Enjoy.
1: This is the Newsfighter's Daily Pilot Week for Saturday, September 21st. 2019 with your special guest host, Mark Humphreys.
3: Welcome to News Fighters. I'm your special Pilot Week guest host, Mark Humphreys. Not bad. Let's get to the big story of the day. Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison has arrived in Washington with his first US visit as PM getting off to a cracking start. The Prime Minister and his wife were welcomed to the White House this morning with a 19-gun salute. Or as it's known in America, a school day. Much has been made of the relationship between Prime Minister Morrison and President Trump with the ABC reporting. The pair have developed a, a kind of a bromance. Like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, but if they were about to declare war on Iran. Over at Sky News, presenter Paul Murray was on the ground offering his unique perspective. Can you believe we're doing telly from the White House? They've let a in. I'm still unsure whether Paul Murray is referring to himself or the Prime Minister here. Prime Minister Morrison's visit is being hailed as something of a coup, as invitations to meet the President are usually only offered to such dignitaries as the Taliban. And the President certainly didn't hold back when it came to praising Mr. Morrison. In
2: 2006, George W. Bush described John Howard as a man of steel. In 2019, Trump has gone one better.
3: I would say a man of titanium. Titanium, like steel, but more lightweight and deforms faster. And while the two leaders no doubt spent much of the meeting bonding over their shared love of McDonald's, ABC News reported there was apparently more to the discussion. We've been waiting for some time. The President and the Australian Prime Minister have been in the Oval Office in the past hour chatting with each other about their, uh, their mutual interests. Like baseball caps, climate change denial and locking up children. And speaking more on their shared interests, Prime Minister Morrison said We love jobs, the President and I. We love jobs. And we like them jobs here, and we like jobs everywhere. Yes, here a job, there a job, everywhere a job job. You know, they say that if you say the word jobs three times in a row, ScoMo will appear and punch you in the face with a piece of coal. As for the state dinner, given the PM's track record of behaviour in food establishments, the White House opted for a setting that could be thoroughly hosed down at the end of the night. It'll be held
1: outside,
3: al
4: fresco, in the Rose Garden.
3: Though it's understood that when President Trump learned that the dinner was al fresco, he called for Mr Fresco to be deported. Celebrity chef Curtis Stone was also at the dinner, so with both Curtis Stone and Scott Morrison in attendance, it's understood to be the first official meeting between the face of Coles and the face of coal. And while the Prime Minister no doubt had his fingers crossed for a traditional Trump feast of cold hamburgers, he had to settle for this menu.
4: Ravioli and Dover sole to start, and for dessert, a classic American lady apple tart.
3: The president personally signed off on the dessert selection, lady apple tart, but was furious when waiters served him. Actual apple tart. And while the dinner was attended by the likes of Greg Norman and Gina Reinhardt, Channel 9's Chris Yuleman observed an unexpected visitor to the White House.
4: One man over here protesting Donald Trump in a Grim
3: Reaper's outfit. Though this Grim Reaper sighting was later explained by organizers of the state dinner.
1: The guest list includes Rupert Murdoch.
3: And speaking of Murdoch, his Sky News channel snagged an exclusive interview with President Trump. Move over Frost Nixon, get ready for Murray Trump. A Sky News exclusive. President, how are you? Paul Murray, lovely to meet you sir. Yes, Paul Murray there asking all the tough questions like how are you and lovely to meet you. But first up, It's our National Buffoon's European vacation.
2: The Australian Prime Minister has arrived in the UK to begin a weekend of talks as a guest at the G7 Summit in Cornwall. Scott Morrison has just touched down in the UK for the G7 Summit, which is officially underway in Cornwall. Yes, the G7 Summit was on in
0: Cornwall and our Prime Minister Scott Morrison was there. On the periphery Scott Morrison is there as an onlooker Scott Morrison was there as an observer Scott Morrison
4: wasn't invited to the royal reception here There has never been a more important time for Australia To be sitting around the table with the world's leading democracies
0: Yes, sitting around the table, just not the grown-ups table We were in fact at the kiddies table Looking up at the uh, big economies, making the big decisions Uh, Keep eating your your vegetables and growing your renewables sector Maybe you you can sit at the uh, big grown-ups table one day, Australia in fact, our absence was even noticed by our official head of state, the Queen, who's, who was even like a, where the bloody hell were you to Scott Morrison when they met at Windsor Castle?
4: So you, you, were, you were down there, but I didn't see you. And, at, uh, in Cornwall.
0: No, that was, that was just the G7 members. We
4: were an extension there. partner, <laughs> as they yes. call them.
0: Ha, yes, we're an extension partner. You know that term extension partner? It's also how Charles referred to Camilla for all those years. Anyway, it doesn't matter anyway that we were just uh to
1: on-looking extension partner as Scott Morrison was late. But as you can see, it's a little bit of a foggy mess at the moment and that means that no planes can land at the airport here. So Scott Morrison's flight has been diverted to an airbase just outside Oxford. It means that he and the Australian delegation now face a car trip of about four or five hours down here to the summit venue.
2: As you can see, the weather has not been kind and that has led to Scott Morrison's plane being diverted. Yes, Bad
0: weather in England. Who could have predicted that? Uh, It turns out the uh, delayed landing didn't impact Scott Morrison's plans too much anyway.
3: So he had all of that time on the road. He ended up having to cancel all of his meetings today. So essentially, he's done nothing so far. (laughs) Aside from stopping off for a pub lunch on his drive down here to Cornwall yesterday, uh, certainly in terms of official engagements, he really hasn't done anything. Yes, but
0: even on the drive to Cornwall, our Prime Minister... Couldn't avoid controversy.
2: One photo has garnered the worst response, and that's a photo showing Scott Morrison having a pub lunch on his way to the G7. Uh, Australians have, There's been backlash from Australians calling it tone-deaf, Pete, because Australia is still locked
0: in. Yes, our Prime Minister stopped for a pub lunch. How dare he? While everyone in Australia is also stuck here, able to go to the pub for lunch. I, I don't understand the outrage. No, seriously though, Scott Morrison had a four-hour drive. What was he supposed to do? Eat a packet of petrol station knickknacks and hobnobs and and keep driving? Or was our head of government supposed to stop off at a drive through McDonald's because I heard he's not legally allowed to set foot in a McDonald's since Engadine... Oh, whoops, sorry, my Engadine McDonald's uh, joke had triggered the lazy satire buzzer there. I apologise. Anyways, on to the G7 itself. And while ScoMo was speeding up the A30 getting Walker's crumbs on his lap, Boris Johnson was welcoming the main players and reminiscing about how bad the coronavirus
1: pandemic was. We've all been going through the most wretched uh, pandemic uh, our countries have faced for our lifetimes, uh, maybe longer, much longer. And I actually think this is a meeting that genuinely needs to happen because we need to make sure that we learn the lessons from the pandemic. We need to make sure that we don't repeat some of the errors that we doubtless made. Yeah,
0: Boris was like, how bad was that pandemic? Jeez, some countries really stuffed that up. Feel bad for whoever led uh, the United Kingdom last year. They made some bad mistakes. Oh, Oh, was that me? Oops. Also at the G7, the other big topic aside from... How bad they stuffed up COVID was, of course, climate change.
2: This summit has made it clear that clean is in and coal is out.
3: There were promises to do more on climate change. The summit resolving to phase out coal-fired power stations and recommitting to zero-net greenhouse gas emissions by 2050.
1: World leaders agreeing to stop new government support for coal power by the end of 2021.
0: Yes, finally, the world's biggest economies have decided to stop funding coal. Surely Australia isn't going to be left behind on this one. They're not just going to stand on the sidelines and uh, tell everyone they're wrong like a dodgy dad yelling at a umpire at his kids' soccer game. Oh, 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 wait, no, they did.
1: World leaders agreeing to stop new government support for coal power by the end of 2021.
4: Australia has no plans um, or is not pursuing anything that would could be described in that way.
2: But once again, Scott Morrison has refused to commit to that 2050 target for zero net emissions. We're
0: not a signatory to the G7 communique. Yes, everybody in the world is going to be off coal in a few decades. And we're going to keep digging it out of the ground and selling it to absolutely nobody like an out of touch grandpa at a flea market. Yeah, look, kids, it's Titanic on VHS. It's it's just like watching it on the big screen. You love the big screen. All right, how about how about spaghetti incident on CD then? Everyone loves spaghetti incident. And meanwhile, back in Australia, our acting Prime Minister, Nationals Leader Michael McCormack is like, we love coal, we, we're going to have it forever.
2: Australia's Deputy Prime Minister has declared coal will be around for many years to come. He made that prediction after the world's seven biggest economies agreed to phase out government support for coal-fired power stations.
4: 55,000 people are employed in the coal industry and $66 billion of exports that pays for a lot of hospitals pays for a lot of schools pays for a lot of barista machines that uh, uh, produces the coffee that uh, inner city types sit around and drink and talk about the, the the
0: death of coal what is this coalition government's obsession with having a culture war about coffee everybody in australia loves a decent coffee get over it where the country that invented McCafe. I was just on a regional tour with Irrational Fear and every little town had a bloody tr- trendy coffee shop now. Who do, who does he think he's alienating? In fact, Michael McCormack even promotes how good the, the coffee is in the country now when he tries to get people to move there.
4: And uh, there's many, many jobs going in regional Australia at the moment, not just on farms but in accountancy practices, law firms, Uh Great place. Big enough in which to get a good cup of coffee, small enough to care, Carl. I always say it.
0: Yes, good job, Michael McCormack. Promote those uh, country town coffee shops where people can sit around and talk about how much they hate coal on their way to their coal mining jobs. Good job. Anyways, back to the G7. Of course, the real reason Scott Morrison was there was for some one-on-one time with his new best buddy, US President Joe Biden. So... How did that
2: go? Tonight, the PM's first meeting with Joe Biden crashed by an unexpected guest on the sidelines of the G7 summit. Unusually, an anticipated bilateral meeting with the US president turned in to a three-man affair.
0: We do know that Scott Morrison wanted a one-on-one meeting with Joe Biden. He hasn't managed to get that at this G7 summit. Instead, Boris Johnson was joining in, and this is how Scott Morrison is selling it. I would say it was a a meeting of great friends and allies. Don't you hate that? It's a bit like if you're in high school and you finally build up the courage to ask a girl out on a date to the movies and she agrees and you're over the moon. But when you get there, she's brought along your, your friend Billy, who's from another school. Ugh. And then on Monday, you try and spin it positively at school and you say this. I would say it was a a meeting of great friends and allies. And if that wasn't enough, after the G7, Scott Morrison has to hang out with Boris Johnson again. This time in London to sign a free trade agreement. Well, kind of. It's an agreement for a free trade agreement.
2: Prime Minister Scott Morrison and his British counterpart have this evening signed off on the broad terms of a free trade agreement.
0: Prime Ministers
4: Boris Johnson and Scott Morrison signing off on an in-principle agreement for a free trade deal between the two countries to be completed by the end of the year.
0: Yes, and it turns out many in Labor here are in favour of the UK free trade deal. Uh, all the backbenchers want to see if they can swap Anthony Albanese for UK Labor leader Keir Starmer. Yes, Keir Starmer, <laughs> Jokes. That's what you come to Newsfighters for. Everyone loves Keir Starmer jokes. So then how was this a historic trade deal between a former coloniser and its colony sealed with a antique fountain pen signing ceremony on board a replica of the HMS Endeavour with a trading of flags or a handing back of stolen Indigenous artefacts from the British Museum?
4: <laughs> nope. This was the moment the two leaders delivered the news overnight, standing shoulder to shoulder and exchanging
1: biscuits. You give us Tim Tams, we give you, we give you penguins, uh, uh, you give us Vegemite, we give you Marmite.
2: They swapped their little jars of Vegemite and Marmite yesterday, mm. so it's all happening. to Tim Tams, of course. <laughs> I didn't understand what we were getting back from Tim Tams. What are penguins? I'm not familiar with penguins either. Sounds like Australia got ripped off in that exchange, don't you think? <laughs> They're
0: not as good as the Tim Tams. Yes, it was in fact the greatest biscuit-based diplomacy since the famous Ginger Nuts at the Treaty of Versailles in 1919. So what do we get out of the deal? Well, aside from a packet of penguins.
1: The new deal will eventually deliver cheaper British cars, Scotch whisky and biscuits. Australian lamb, beef and sugar are likely to be exported into Britain in greater volumes and winemakers are also a winner with tariffs cut.
2: Under the deal, tariffs on other Australian agricultural exports like dairy and sugar will be slowly phased out. Lamb and beef products will be tariff-free in 15 years.
0: Yes, so Australian meat producers have 15 years till I have unrestricted tariff-free imports into the UK. Guys, I don't think meat lasts that long. I had a packet of mince turned brown in my fridge in a week once. 15 years, you might want to freeze some of that beef. And the deal also includes some immigration and visa changes for when borders reopen to travellers in... I don't know, 2035 probably.
1: It'll see restrictions on working visas relaxed, with the age limit on working holiday visas increased to 35.
2: Other changes include British backpackers being able to stay longer down under without having to work on farms.
0: Yes, great news there for eternally developmentally arrested Aussies and Brits who can now put off getting their lives together and keep backpacking. Till they're 35, and with Brits no longer on our farms, whinging about getting sunburnt picking our fruits and vegetables for less than the minimum wage, we could be facing labour shortages. But wait, there's a plan.
2: The Nationals say they've done a deal to establish a new agriculture visa to replace backpackers lost under the free trade agreement with the UK. The visa would allow citizens from countries including Indonesia, the Philippines, and Singapore to work in Australia for up to three years. Yes, the coalition stopped the boats,
0: but now they need to start the planes to pick the fruit, the goats to cotties to make the cordial that I like best. Oh, hey government, if you're looking for some uh, dedicated agriculture workers, I did hear about this uh, great Sri Lankan family that used to have a job at a Queensland abattoir that they're keen to get back to. Maybe you could uh, maybe you could work on that. Anyway, Scott Morrison's Euro trip didn't stop there. He also swung by France so the journalists could use the Few French words they remember from school.
2: And he wasn't quite ready to say au revoir to Europe, ducking across to Paris to say bonjour to President Macron.
0: Yes, and the Prime Minister also said, s'il vous plaît and merci beaucoup, before they shared an entree of plat du jour. Comme si, comme ça, où est la bibliothèque? And finally, Scott Morrison made sure he made time to stop in and visit an old friend. Or just the only guy he knew in Paris who could translate a room service menu for him.
2: And there was time for just a brief meeting with the now head of the OECD, former finance minister Matthias Cormann.
0: Hey, Matthias, remember when we uh, flew you around the world in our private jet for months at taxpayers' expense so you could lobby to get this job while thousands of Australians were stuck, uh, stranded overseas? <laughs> uh, good times. OK, so, SCOMO European vacation done. What next? The Prime Minister will return to two weeks quarantine in the Lodge. Two weeks? That's going to need a few packets of... Tim Tams, of course. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
1: But first
0: up, finally, Australia had a good breaking news story this week. Uh, Here's Nat with some amazing news.
2: Yeah, this is breaking news, Koshi. Cleo Smith, the four-year-old girl missing in Outback WA, has been found. She is alive and she is well. Anyways, from one toddler coming home to another petulant toddler who we wish would just stay away. In a matter of hours, Scott Morrison will be rubbing shoulders with fellow world leaders at the G20 summit in Rome. Yes, but as always
0: Joe Biden said he's in charge of the shoulder rubs. Yes, Scotty 747 was away at the G20 and COP26 UN climate talks this week and uh, just look what a great reaction he got from the other world leaders.
1: Scott Morrison has been given the cold shoulder during an awkward photo with world leaders at the G20 in Rome. At the G20 are not so happy family photo a pair of presidents exchanging pleasantries with one prime
4: minister feeling a bit left out scott morrison looking around for someone anyone to talk to even his former finance minister
0: matthias cormann not engaging Geez, i haven't seen an australian get snubbed like that in europe since uh demi him at eurovision in 2016 who was robbed Rob I tells you. But maybe the reason everyone at the G20 snubbed Scott Morrison was the fact that he wasn't on board with one of their main agenda items. Some G20 members wanting to go
1: even further, pushing to an end date on coal mining and coal-fired power stations.
2: But the proposal was strongly opposed by several countries, including Australia, India, China and Russia.
0: Yes, great to see Australia siding there with the modern progressive democracies of China, India and Russia. Alright, so Morrison was against banning coal at the G20, but what policies was he in favour of?
1: Prime Minister Scott Morrison used his address to the G20 summit to once again call for a thorough investigation into the origins of COVID-19. Scott Morrison will call on world leaders to help crack down on social media companies, arguing tech giants should expose anonymous users that abuse or defame others. Yes, while Trump might be gone from the world stage,
0: he seems to be living on in our mini-Trump. 2.0. 2.0. Yeah, while everyone else in the world is calling for the abolition of fossil fuels, vaccinating the poor, and generally saving the world, our Prime Minister is like, investigate the China virus. Stop people on Twitter being mean to me. Jeez, this is the most embarrassing behaviour by an Australian PM at the G20 since uh, probably Tony Abbott used the forum in Brisbane in 2014 to whinge to other world leaders about how Aussies didn't want Medicare co-pays. It really happened. Here's a clip.
4: Thank you, everyone. It's a, a real honour to have so many of you here in the beautiful city of Brisbane uh, for this first ever G20 leaders' retreat. Uh, for a long time, most Australians who went to see uh, a doctor uh, have been seen at no charge, uh, and we would like to see a $7 co payment. Uh, for people who are going to see the doctor.
0: Ah, remember the good old days when Tony Abbott lost the prime ministership over a seven-dollar GP co-payment. Today, Scott Morrison forgets to order vaccines during a global pandemic and is basically pouring fuel on the world as it's on fire. And everyone in the Liberal Party is like, "You're the best we've got. Stick around. Stick around, Scomo." You're as good as it gets. Anyways, moving on from the G20 in Rome. Next, all the leaders continued on to the COP26 climate talks in Glasgow, where again, Scott Morrison pissed off the world by not committing to halve Australia's emissions by 2030.
4: But he's resisting pressure to join the US and UK in slashing emissions by half by 2030 which some scientists say is needed to avoid a climate tipping point. The US and the UK are among two countries who want Australia to go harder, to join them in cutting emissions by half by 2030, yet Scott Morrison won't budge.
0: Yes, yeah, Gomo was probably like, 2030? The consultants only just finished up that PowerPoint that said we were somehow miraculously going to have net zero by 2050. 2030 will require a whole new PowerPoint presentation. Then, of
1: course, he pissed off the rest of the world by
0: refusing to
1: limit our animal farts. China and Russia, along with Australia, refused to sign a pact to cut methane emissions by 30% by 2030.
4: Energy Minister Angus Taylor says the only way Australia could achieve the target would be to reduce numbers of cattle and sheep.
0: Yes, getting rid of some cattle and sheep. Well, that might help lower our methane, but I'm sure it's not going to impact the amount of bullshit we endure in this country because this government is always emitting a never-ending supply. So on to the leaders' speeches, and I'll give you one guess what Scott Morrison uh, decided to emphasise at COP26.
4: In his brief address to the conference, Scott Morrison pressed his case that technology is the path to net zero, but a week on the road with little sleep is taking a toll.
0: The scene is set. Momentum to tackle climate change is building. Yes, and you can read all about it in Australia's brand new white paper, A Globe Momentum to Tackle China Climate Change. No, seriously, though, Morrison spoke of his big business embracing technology, not taxes, pathway to net zero like this. The challenge of combating climate change will be met the
4: same way. And it will be met by those who, frankly, are largely not in this room. It will be our scientists. Our technologists, our engineers, our entrepreneurs, our industrialists and our financiers.
0: Or more realistically, our firefighters, our water bomber pilots, those guys who fill up the sandbags every time it floods, because with your commitments, things are only going to keep getting worse. And speaking of big business running the show, well, it looks like they definitely were at the Australian pavilion in Glasgow. There was criticism of the
1: Australian display in Glasgow because it dared to host Santos, a gas company running a crucial project on carbon capture and storage. Even its stall inside the conference hall promotes the fossil fuel industry, including carbon capture and storage sponsored by an oil and gas company.
0: It's supported by mining companies and they're the destroyers of the flavoured land. Gee, why is everyone so outraged by this? It's exactly like if I had Monsanto sponsor my stall at the organic farmers markets. Or if you know, they had arms manufacturers sponsor the Invictus Games for injured athletes. Oh no, wait, that that's actually real. That actually that actually happens. <laughs> Look, I know this is all sounding very embarrassing for Australia, but thankfully we did commit to some positive
1: pledges.
2: Australia joined more than 100 countries in a promise to stop deforestation by the end of the decade.
1: The commitment to end deforestation is a big achievement, but such promises have been made and broken before great, that's reassuring.
0: Why don't we just commit to everything then? Um, Then there was this.
1: Australia will provide an additional $500 million in aid to its specific neighbours to help them deal with global warming. Australia is also an island state. It's a very big island, um, but it does give
4: us I think, in in the Pacific, a very unique perspective.
0: Yeah, $500 million for our Pacific neighbours to combat the effects of climate change. Kind of like a sorry we broke it, here you fix it kind of payment. Now call me cynical, but I get the feeling Scott Morrison is only supporting the Pacific Islands just so he has places to go on holiday's next bushfire season. He definitely cares about sea level rise when it could affect his favourite beachside tiki bar. Here's some money, build a seawall. I think the only increasing salination uh, Scott Morrison cares about is in his margaritas. And we haven't even got to the diplomatic fallout yet. Scott Morrison managed to piss off a lot of people while he was away, including our future head of state, Prince Charles, who he left waiting before barging in on him like a used car salesman with a deal he couldn't refuse. The first rule for the leader of a constitutional
4: monarchy should be never keep a future king waiting.
0: It's great difficult to find your way around.
1: (laughs) Your Royal Highness.
4: An audience with Prince Charles, who quickly became the audience for a climate Sales job. Now we've committed to net zero by 2050. Australia has done that here in COP26, Doubled our climate finance commitments, and we're working very close with our Pacific family, with Prime Minister Badimarra and the whole team. So, which I know you have a
1: great affection for the Pacific. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yeah, sure.
0: I love Prince Charles at the end there, trying to get Morrison to sit down, like he's had too many drinks. Sit down, mate. Just calm, just calm down. And then just before that, Prince Charles like acknowledges the camera, like he's like you both know that he's in the most embarrassing situation of his life, uh, and he's about to delve into a on-camera monologue like Ferris Bueller style. With Prime Minister him and the whole team, so which
3: I know you. Yep, that's me.
1: You're probably wondering how I ended up in this situation. Prince
0: Charles has never looked more uncomfortable in his life, and his brother is Prince Andrew. But of course, the big diplomatic stoush that dominated
1: the headlines on ScoMo's trip was with the French. Relations between Australia and France have hit a new low, with the French president accusing Scott Morrison of lying over the cancelled $90 billion submarine deal. When we have respect, you have to be too, and you have to behave. In line and consistently with his value. Do you think he lied to you? I don't think. I know. Ugh,
0: wow! What a coincidence! French President Emmanuel Macron happened to accidentally walk into a press pool of Australian journalists backstage at the highly secured G20 conference. What a What are the odds of that happening? And what was that? He accused our Prime Minister Scott Morrison of lying. How dare you, monsieur? Why, Scott Morrison wasn't about to have any part of that.
2: The diplomatic crisis escalates. The Prime Minister hits back at the French President's slur. Slurs and sledges. That's how the Prime Minister has described the French
4: President's verbal attack on him. Um, And the slurs that have been placed on Australia? Not me.
0: I've got broad shoulders. I can deal with that. But those slurs, I'm not going to cop sledging of Australia. Yes, slurs. You know, that highly offensive slur, the L word? Why, doesn't he know how offensive that slur is to liberal Australian prime ministers? And you know who loved using that slur against Scott Morrison was Malcolm Turnbull. Oh, he's lied to me on many occasions. I mean, there's quite a few examples in my book, but
4: Scott has always had a reputation for telling lies.
0: All right, just to bring you up to speed on what's caused this uh, major diplomatic incident. Well, maybe you remember that Australia basically de facto cancelled a French submarine contract back in September when it was announced that we would instead be going with uh, UK and American uh, nuclear subs under the new AUKUS alliance.
3: Good evening, a powerful
1: new military alliance has been formed, Australia, the United Kingdom, and United States partnering to counter China's rise in the Pacific. Included in the deal, a fleet of nuclear submarines to be built in Adelaide. Well,
0: President Macron of France has been pissed off at us ever since, saying they weren't given any notice. To which Scott Morrison says, of course you were. The PM insistent the President could have read between the lines when they dined at the Elysee Palace in June. I explained
4: very clearly that the conventional submarine option was not going to meet Australia's interests.
0: You told the French President that this deal was not going ahead? Is that what you said? No, I didn't say that. Yeah, that's right. Scott Morrison didn't just tell him it was cancelled. He expected him to read between the lines. But look, I do have to say I have sympathy for Morrison in this situation. We all know the pressures you're under on an awkward dinner date at a fancy French palace when you have to tell your date you're canceling a 60 billion dollar submarine contract and you're so nervous you just kind of tiptoe around it, hopefully they don't get offended. I mean, we, we've all been there, right? Clearly you don't want to say it during the entree because they could storm off and the entire dinner would be ruined, but then if you say it during the main course, you might miss out on the dessert. And we all know how good the French are at desserts with their flays and the creme brulee you just you just don't want to miss the dessert so it sounds like scott morrison didn't break the news instead dropping a few hints while stuffing his face with delicious french food and then doing a runner back to australia or scott morrison calls it diplomacy so yes macron said morrison lied Sir Morrison, of course, himself went nuclear. The French row over submarines
4: has followed the Prime Minister to Glasgow with leaked text messages and a staunch denial from Scott Morrison that he lied.
2: Scott Morrison says that he was trying to organise a phone call with the French President to talk about the subs deal. Uh, the French President said he was unavailable at the suggested time. He then texted Scott Morrison saying, should I expect good news or bad news for our joint submarines ambitions? The release of the
4: President's text we can presume is to show that Mr. Macron knew the future of the submarine contract was in some doubt. Scott Morrison says he responded to the text saying he wanted to talk to the president in person but that Mr. Macron didn't make time for the call because he believed the news was going to be
0: bad. I would have preferred to have told him directly. But that opportunity, um, that call wasn't offered. Ah, what a master of interpersonal relationships Scott Morrison is. First, he didn't give Macron the breakup news over dinner. Then he was like, let's speak on the phone. And then he just gave up and France didn't know it was over till AUKUS was announced. Scott Morrison is worse than a douchebag who dumps you via text. He's just like, well, if I can't get them on the phone, they'll just get the message it's over when they see me out and about with my new partners. And as for those leaked texts between Macron and Morrison that wound up in the Murdoch newspapers, well, I think it's pretty obvious where they came from.
1: Did the leaked text message from Mr. Macron come from
4: your office and has it made things worse? Well, I'll just say again.
0: Um, I made very clear what the timeline was. Well, that couldn't be more obvious. It's a bit like uh, your partner saying, Honey, did you eat all the ice cream? And you reply, Well, let me say again, the timeline is very clear. I'm always acting in this household's best interest. And after the leak, Morrison himself doesn't even say he can be trusted anymore.
2: Prime Minister, how can any world leader trust you or build a relationship with you if private correspondence is going to be leaked?
4: I have outstanding relationships with so many leaders around the world and that's what I've been engaged with right. over the last couple of weeks as yeah. I've already addressed the point that you've made in earlier question.
2: Oh
0: my God, this wouldn't work in real relationships. Imagine if your partner was like, how can I trust you after you cheated on me? And your response was, well, I have outstanding relationships with so many women around the world. So anyways, in conclusion, it's been another completely disastrous world trip by our Prime Minister where he managed to disappoint the entire world with our backwards climate policies, undermine and lose the trust of one of our most long-standing allies, unnecessarily irritate our biggest trading partner, annoy and confuse our future head of state and even screw up everything so badly that old man Joe Biden threw Australia under
1: the bus. US President Joe Biden apologising to the French President over the manner in which France learned it had lost a $90 billion submarine contract with Australia. I was under the impression that France had been reformed long before that the deal was not going through.
0: So anyways, you won't be surprised to learn that Sky News thought the trip went
1: very well. And he's actually come out of this, I think, with some sort of dignity intact for Australia. And it's really interesting because you can tell how he's doing by just how angry Twitter is getting at him. Um, and you look at Twitter and The Guardian and places like that,
0: and they're absolutely furious that he hasn't given away the farm on all of this. And when stopping off in Dubai on the way
2: home, well, there was only one thing on Morrison's mind. But Scott Morrison says it's time for both countries to move on. It's important now that we all just move on, frankly. <laughs> claims were made and
4: claims were refuted. What, what is needed now is for us to all just get on with it.
2: So what are you going to do to try and repair this rift? I'm
0: going to move on. Which is hopefully the same thing we all get to say when he's kicked out at the next election. It's important now that we all just move on. All right, thanks for listening to this summer repeat. I hope everyone's having a good summer. Just a reminder to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at newsfighterspod. You can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash newsfighters, or you can uh, join our Patreon for bonus and early release episodes at patreon.com slash newsfighters. Also, sign up for our newsletter at newsfighters.com. Hope you're having a good summer. Keep fighting, and bye for now.
1: This is Newsfighters, where we fight the news so you...